Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and this hour, uh, my guest is Steve Sandusky, uh, who is a certified financial planner uh, who's built three multi-million dollar businesses in the past 14 years. Uh, he's also a managing partner of a financial advisor coaching system, uh, company called uh, Peak. Uh, welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, George. Very happy to be here. Uh, Steve has done a book <coughs> called Avalanche, The Nine Principles for Uncovering True Wealth, which is what we're going to be discussing about uh, this hour. Uh, let's just do a little bit on your background, Steve, before we get into the book itself. T- tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and how you got to where you are today. Well, in a nutshell, started out in corporate America for a number of years, working for several large organizations, and then back in the early 90s, got started in the financial services industry and have been involved with three different organizations over the past uh, year since the early 90s that are focused primarily on working with financial advisors to help them be better financial advisors. And as part of that, uh, my co-author and I, Ron Carson, have written this new book as a way to to help uh, the general public and help them understand how they can better work um, with financial advisors and also, more importantly, with themselves in terms of how they can identify what's important to them in their lives and, and be inspired to have a more fulfilling life. So let's specifically get into what it is uh, that inspired you to write uh, this book. It's, it's done as a parable, and it's kind of done as your individual story, and then you have principles that come out of it, but what were some of the specific events in your life uh, that made you want to write uh, this book called Avalanche? It really goes back to 9-11, and like a lot of people, when that occurred, my wife and I sat down and spent a lot of time just talking about different things and took stock in our lives and where we were at, and we decided over time that we needed to make some changes, and like a lot of people, I was spending too many hours working, and and not spending enough time with our three young kids. And so we put together a longer-term plan as far as what we were going to do to change that. And so we actually relocated. We also, uh, I actually work out of my home now as opposed to going into an office. So I'm around more for for the family. So that was really the genesis of it. And then it just also worked out very well with the business that I'm in in terms of we work with advisors and Advisors are in a great position to work with their clients to help their clients find more meaning, purpose in their lives. And so it was a combination of personal changes that my wife and I wanted to make and also a way that we could share that and hopefully inspire other people to make positive changes in their lives. It seems like the general premise of the book is uh, that people are kind of so wrapped up in uh, chasing for dollars and chasing for acquisition of goods and kind of being in the rat race, I guess you might say, that they really miss the the true meaning of what, what creates happiness. Is, is that right, or how would you put the, the kind of basic premise of the book? Yes, yeah, I, you really hit the nail on the head there. And we all know that there are a lot of people out there, myself included, who really spent many years focused on their careers and trying to make a lot of money and thinking, gosh, that's really the route to happiness. But Eventually, most people realize that while money is certainly a factor in happiness, it's not the be-all, end-all. And so the premise of the book is essentially one man's search for meaning in life and what is the the purpose in life and what is going to bring us happiness and fulfillment. And so it really traces the story of a fictional character named Andrew Craver as he goes from being totally focused on career and money to realizing that that didn't make him or his family happy, and then what does he need to do, what changes does he need to make in order to find what we call true wealth in your life. And we define true wealth as all the things that you have that money can't buy and death cannot take away. What are some of those things? Well, your legacy, for example, that what you leave behind, for example, with your family, the memories that your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren have about you. So even though you may be physically gone, the memory that people have of you and the impact that you've made on their lives that continues to the current day, even though you're no longer here, would be a good example of something that we would consider to be be true wealth. 
So do you have some evidence uh, of, I guess you might call it a happiness quotient, or you know, have, have you got evidence of people who have made these kind of switches from being in the rat race uh, to being focused more on true wealth, as you call it, and what kind of difference that's made in their lives and their longevity and their happiness? Just kind of give us a sense of, of is this working for people? Well, yeah, it certainly does, and there are all kinds of studies. We have examples of, of clients that we've worked with that have made changes, and one of the things that we've put together to really help people, because it's one thing to just talk about this, and I think intellectually people understand that, yeah, I know that career isn't going to give me ultimate satisfaction, or if I'm a multimillionaire, you know, that would be great, but there's more to it than that. I think intellectually people know that, but to get them to shift from knowing that intellectually to actually living as if they believe that is a little different story. And so we've tried to help people make that shift, and we've one of the ways that we do that is through a series of exercises that we make available to anybody that wants it, and we call these the we call it the blueprinting process. And it's a series of five exercises, and the first part of it is we ask people to go through a values clarification exercise where they really think about what's important to me. The second component of it is we ask them to really think about what their purpose is. What are they here to do on this earth? The third piece is we ask them to develop a compelling vision for their future. The fourth is we ask them to create a personal mission statement. And then the fifth component is to set goals that really wrap all of these together. And so we put this together. It's available for anyone if they want to work through it themselves. And it's we put together a website that's a companion to the book where people can go and they can download this for free. And that website is www.truewealthcommunity.com. Now, we've had this series of exercises for some time now. We've had a lot of our clients have gone through this personally, and we've received all kinds of, of tremendous feedback from them about the impact that it's had and how it's really caused them to look inside, to evaluate their lives, the relationships that they have, and just really putting things in perspective and identifying what their priorities are. And we've really received some unbelievable heartfelt letters from these folks that say, gosh, I can't tell you how much this has really changed my life. I'm doing things differently. I've really thought back about what what really excites me, and I've gotten away from that, but now I'm going to get back to it. So lots of examples there. Plus there's all kinds of, of uh, academic-type studies that, that I'd be happy to, to share some of those results with you as well. Yeah, well, just give us one or two of the academic studies that have shown what a difference this has made in people's lives. Well, for example, there's a, a lot of studies about happiness, and there's, there's lots of books out here in the past few years that talk about what make people happy. And since we're talking about money here, what, uh, what they found is that, yes, money to some extent does buy happiness, but what happens is people tend to exaggerate how having more money is going to make people more happy. So, for example, what what they found is that if someone goes from making $20,000 a year to $50,000 a year, their level of happiness will actually double. So, obviously, that's a good thing. But then they found that when you take someone making $50,000 a year and now they make $90,000 a year, their level of happiness only goes up a little bit. So what they've concluded is, yes, we all need some amount of money to cover our basic things and to have a reasonable standard of living. But then after that, above that, there's other things that really come into play that can really take our level of happiness up to a higher level. In an extreme example, when you have somebody who wins a lottery, for example, who's not making that much and who gets a huge amount of money very quickly, uh, how does that typically affect uh, what you would call their true wealth uh, quotient? Well... What you what you find is you have a lot of relatives that come out of the woodwork. Yes, you have all kinds of friends you never knew you had before. That's right? exactly right. Yeah, and in terms of people that win the lottery, yeah, there's going to be a bump quickly with their happiness. But as you, I'm sure, know, what typically happens is a lot of the people that win lotteries like that they are totally unprepared for how to deal with the sudden windfall. Yes, and so they make bad investments, sometimes they get bad advice, sometimes they 
uh, they, you know, they just make bad decisions. And within a very short period of time, many of those people end up right back where they started, where the money's all gone and they really don't have a lot to show for it, and they end up perhaps even worse off. So that is a very delicate situation when someone comes into a sudden windfall, whether it's a lottery or whether it's an inheritance, and that actually ties into one of the nine principles that we talk about in the book, which is you really need to have wise counselors, whether it's your financial advisor, your attorney, your CPA, or a good friend even, that can help put things in perspective. So it's really critical that you get good, sound advice, that you don't make quick decisions once you get the money. You really think about, what do I want to be doing here? I can do anything I want now. I need to make sure I make good decisions. Have you actually advised some lottery winners yourself? I personally have not, uh, but definitely some of our clients have, have advised lottery winners. And so what would be the process? It could be for somebody who not only wins a lottery but inherits or gets some large windfall one way or the other. What, what would be some of the steps that they should do to, to uh, handle it correctly? Well, one of the first things that they should do is, is essentially do nothing from the standpoint of you don't want to make major decisions because now you want to make sure you get the money in a safe place and you want to take time, step back, and really think about, all right, I probably don't have to work anymore but I don't want to make any rash decisions. And then they want to surround themselves with some wise counselors and get people that are used to working with clients that have a lot of money and ideally that have experience working with people who have come into a sudden amount of money. So that would really be the first thing. And then a second thing I'd also encourage is for people to go through these, this blueprinting process because that's where some of their heartfelt desires are going to come out. That's where they'll think about, okay, I probably don't need all this money for myself. Are there some charitable organizations or service organizations that I want to now support? Is there an educational institution that I want to endow a chair for or things like that? Because what these studies have also found in terms of happiness is it's, it's not spending the money on me that's going to make me happy. It's what can I do for other people? How can I help and serve other people? And now that they've won the lottery or the big inheritance, they'll have the money that they can go out and do that. Very good. Okay, this is Jordan Goodman, your Money Answers host, and my guest this hour is Steve Sandusky, uh, who's the author of a new book called Avalanche, The Nine Principles for Uncovering True Wealth. He's a financial planner, and we'll be discussing this in much more detail after this break. We'll be back after this. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Bauer Power Hour will focus on ways to improve a company's marketing message. Some of the sharpest minds in marketing will be featured on the show. So listeners will get free advice from folks they normally have to pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars per hour to access. Listen live every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, that's 2 p.m. on the East Coast, to the Bauer Power Hour with host Roger Bauer on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. When 
winners know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Steve Sandusky, uh, who is a certified financial planner. He also trains other financial advisors and counselors, um, and he has done a, a new book uh, called Avalanche, the Nine Principles of Uncovering True Wealth. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thank you, Jordan. Let's get right into the uh, blueprint, as you call it, uh, blueprinting. Uh, you kind of go through this whole process, and I want to go into that in some detail here, about what you actually should do, this, the process, step-by-step process, uh, that could bring you, as you call it, uh, true wealth here. The first one is to be a living example of the transformational power of love. Tell me about that. That's right. And really, life really comes down to love. It's all about love, and, and I can certainly give you all these different cliches about all you need is love and those sorts of things, but it's really true. And the more love we can have in our lives, the more love that we can spread, the more love that we can bring to the work that we do, the people that we meet, the service that we give, the better off all of us are going to be. And so that definitely is the number one principle of true wealth is bring a lot more love and kindness into your life and in how you deal with other people that you come in contact with. So how does love, as you just define it there, relate to money? I mean, some people would think if you have more money, more people are attracted to you and are going to love you, and if you have less, you're going to get less love. How, how does money and love, as you define it, relate to each other? Well, if people love you because of your money, that's obviously a pretty shallow relationship. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we hope that people aren't attracted to you simply because of the money that you have. And what we find is, and we'll go into this probably a little bit later, but the the more you focus on the right things in your life, and, and I'm not here to tell you exactly what the right things are for your particular life, but we have some general principles, and that's what we have here in the book, which we know are, are time-tested, and we know that these really work for people. And that is that if you focus on the right things, then the money will come. If you have a lot of love in your life, if you give a lot of love to your clients or the work that you do and the people that you meet, people are going to end up liking you. You're going to be more successful, and ultimately the money is going to come. So the point is simply when you do the right things, like these principles I'm going to talk about, the money will actually come because you're aligned with, with goodness and you're aligned with what results in success in life. People are attracted to you because of that. Opportunities come to you, and then money follows. Can you give me an example of that, where that, somebody was very loving putting that out and they got financial uh, rewards as a result? Well, to me, it's really it's about, it's about giving. And we talk a lot about setting goals, and I think setting goals is good. But in addition to setting goals, I'd encourage people to set gives, to set gives. And what I mean by that is, Talk about what am I going to give this year, whether it's giving away more money, whether it's giving a higher level of service to my clients, whether it's giving more love to the people that I come in contact. You give more and you get more, and that's just really how, how things ultimately work. And I think if people will, will, uh, will think about in, in their lives, the more they give, the more they're going to get in return. And, and I've had... Lots of business relationships, just as examples, where we do things for other people, whether it's they want us to come speak or something, and we speak, and maybe it's, it's a, uh, you know, perhaps we don't charge or something, or we do a conference call, and then they end up returning the favor. So there's a lot of reciprocity that goes on when you end up doing things for other people, giving things above and beyond the call of duty, that they want to turn around and do something great for you as well. Yes, indeed. Okay, your second uh, part of the blueprint is to stick to your core values. Uh, do, do you think a lot of people even know what their core values are, never mind being able to stick to them? Yeah, exactly, and that's why we have it as one of the principles, and that actually is part of the blueprinting process that people can download from the website, is to just think about what are your values. And values are simply things 
that are important to us. And it could be family, it could be our relationships, it, it could be our career, it could be our health, but just really to think about what those are. And in the blueprinting process, what we ask people to do is to list five or ten of your values and then rank them in order of priority. So that's the first step. Then the second step is to ask yourself, okay, what percent of my day, my week, my month do I spend engaged in living these values? And your impression is a lot of people don't spend as much time as they need to on their values. Right, right. And so that becomes an eye-opener where they say, oh, my gosh, I said my family is my number one priority, but I only I spend a small percent of my time really engaged with my family and doing things with them and being fully present with them. And so then once people see that, it's an eye-opener, and they say, okay, I, I need to change this. I need to reprioritize things a little bit. So that's an initial step to get people to focus on what's meaningful to them and then think about, well, am I really spending a lot of time there? Is there some inconsistency between what I say is important to me and how I actually live my life? Yes. Okay, your third uh, part of the blueprinting process is to be driven by your purpose. And again, a part of the process, I guess, is figuring out what your purpose is, but then once you figure that out, how can you be driven by it? Well, you got to figure out what your purpose is. And in, in the blueprinting process, we have a series of questions that people can ask themselves that will try and tease out, so to speak, what their purpose is. And, and once you know what your purpose is, then it becomes much easier to figure out, well, what do I need to do to really align myself with that? And let's take career, for example. A lot of people just fall into a career because it's the first job they got out of school or they knew somebody or it's the first thing that came along and perhaps they they get stuck in that, so to speak, and they get to a career by default as opposed to by design. Well, if you really think about what your purpose is and you know, hey, this is what I think I'm here on this earth to do, if you know what that is, and a lot of times it's what are you passionate about? What are you good at doing? What would you do even if nobody were paying you for it? Well, if you can think about where all of those intersect, then you've got a good chance of figuring out what your purpose is. Then you can find a way to spend more of your time doing that. And if you're fortunate enough, you can find a way to make a career out of that. And what we find frequently is when people do what they're passionate about and they're good at it, then the money is eventually going to come because they've got their heart into it, they're working hard, they feel good about it, they're contributing, and, and the money will follow. This may be a tough one to answer, but roughly what percentage of the American population do you think is, is doing that, is, is living their purpose, is uh, doing a job they love, as opposed to, as you say, kind of having fallen into things? Boy, that is a good question. And if I had to give a, a percentage... I've seen the statistics that show that in any given year, perhaps 20% of the population is changing jobs. So mm -hmm. you might make a, a reasonable assumption that perhaps those percentage of people are not happy. Then you also have a good percentage of people that stay in a job that even is perhaps a dead-end job just because they have a fear of the unknown. And we, we get stuck in a rut. We get in our comfort zone. And we think that the, the downside of staying where we're at is actually better than the fear of trying to do something new and not knowing what that may turn out to be. So uh, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I definitely would say that it's a significant percentage. Yes. Okay, your next, the fourth principle in your blueprinting process to be accountable uh, through your goals. Uh, I guess you could set up all kinds of goals, but if you don't actually accomplish them or trace them, it's not going to help. How should you be accountable? Well, we recommend that people set goals. And what I find, though, is that while people do set goals, a lot of times we'll set a goal, then we'll reach the goal, and we'll think that that's going to make us happy. And maybe we're happy for a short period of time, but then it's like, okay, what do I do next? And I'm sure you know, everybody's had that type of experience before. And so what I've discovered is that when we set goals, one of the keys is we've got to set goals that have meaning to us, goals that are tied to something that's important to us, and that's why we get back to the values exercise where we want people to really think about what their values are, and then when you get to the goal-setting process, you set goals that are tied into your values. So, for example, if 
you want to, if your family is your number one priority and you want to spend more time with your family, well, your goals should revolve around, or some of them anyway, should revolve around, okay, how can I structure my, my career or my business so that I can spend more time with my family? Or, or what do I want to give up that's not important to me so that I can spend more time doing something that is important to me? So, so that definitely is, um, and then so once you've said it, you talk about being accountable. How can you kind of track how you're doing against your goals? You should write these things down, or what's the best way yeah, to kind of keep track? Yeah, definitely write them down. And in part of the blueprinting package, there's actually a, a form there where you can actually write down what your goal is. And these goals really need to be specific and measurable, meaning let's say you're in a business and you say, well, my goal is to improve customer service. Well, how are you going to define that? Well, I want to take my customer service survey from an 8.9 out of 10 to a 9.2 out of 10 over the next six months. Well, that's specific and that's measurable. So we want you to be able to write it down but also have a way to measure whether you're successful or not in, in actually reaching that particular goal. What are some of the goals that people pick most uh, frequently that you think make sense uh, to get to true wealth? Well, uh, frequently people will set money goals and they'll say they want to make a certain income and and that's that's fine I, I don't have a problem with that as long as people think about well what are they going to do with that money and and this is where I think a lot of people will fall short is they'll say well I want to make half a million a year or a million dollars a year and that's terrific but then what are you going to do with that money if you're going to go out and, and buy you know, a big house or a big fancy car that may not give you the long-term happiness that you're seeking versus if now this is going to enable you to fully fund your kids' college education or you're going to be able to donate more money to charity that's really important to you, then that could have a lasting impact on your happiness. Very good. Okay, this is Jordan Goodman, your Money Answers host, and my guest this hour is Steve Sandusky, who's the author of a new book called Avalanche, The Nine Principles of Uncovering True Wealth. I will be back after this. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Is your job heavenly or closer to hell on earth? Maybe it's time you stop waiting on employers to make you satisfied and learn how to recognize your own career contentment. Jeff Garden and his expert guests show you how every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific when you tune into Career Contentment Radio on the Voice America Business Radio Network. Contentment is yours to control and easier to achieve than happiness or satisfaction. Succeeding in your business isn't just about making a living. It's a way of life. Hosts Cliff Inenko and Susan Wilson-Solovic discuss the practical as well as the not-so-practical aspects of owning your own business. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Succeeding in Your Business right here on the Voice America Business Channel. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Steve Sandusky, uh, who is a certified financial planner. Uh, He also helps train other uh, financial advisors of various types. And his new book is called Avalanche. The Nine Principles for Uncovering True Wealth. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thank you, Jordan. We were going through the nine principles, and just a quick uh, recap here. The, the first uh, four were 
Uh, be a living example of the transformational power of love. The second one was to stick to core values. The third one was to be driven by purpose. The fourth one was to be accountable through your goals. And the fifth one is to cherish relationships. Uh, so let's talk about how you should do that a little bit better. Well, cherish your relationships certainly uh, ties into the number one principle, which is be a living example of the transformational power of love. But here we're talking about your family and other people that you come in contact with. And as you, as I look at some of the, the different studies that are out there in terms of what relationships do for people in terms of increasing happiness and also health. There was one study in particular that really stuck out at me that I thought was interesting that I'd like to share with you. And what the study showed was that if you compare non-smokers to smokers, the premature death rate for smokers is about twice as high as non-smokers. And that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Now, then they also looked at people who are divorced, and they looked at divorced non-smokers, and they compared their death rate to divorced, I'm sorry, to married smokers. And what they found was the premature death rate was almost as high for divorced non-smokers as it was for married smokers. And so the point of that is simply that um, you know, divorce is unfortunate. We all know that. And But for people that are divorced that have gone through that situation, Obviously, that's a big has a big impact on on can have a big impact on people's level of happiness almost as much as someone who is married yet is still a smoker. So, mm-hmm. relationships are key, and if we can surround ourselves with loving relationships, loving families, that's going to go a long way toward having the true wealth in our life, a long way toward having a lot of happiness in our life. But what you say is that uh, relationships take a lot of attention and time and commitment and desire. It, it, it sounds a lot easier to do than, in fact, as many is. It's, and, you know, we do have a 50% divorce rate. I mean, people are not really trained to nurture relationships very much. That's true. And, and we do have a high divorce rate. And what what you know, we can certainly get on another topic there as well. And But the point is simply that we need to cherish our relationships. We need to take our relationships seriously. And... We need to have people around us that can help us in those relationships. We need to have people that we can talk to, people that we can confide in, people that can help us, people that take an interest in us to help us make good decisions. And, again, also gets back to this blueprinting process that if we take the time to do self-evaluation, if we take ourselves out of the equation from the standpoint of thinking, it's all about me. What can I get from this relationship? What can you do for me if you reverse that and say, what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I make your life better? How can I help you realize your full potential? If we turn it around like that, I think relationships will be better, obviously for the other person, but they'll also be better for us because it gets back to what I was talking about earlier with the importance of giving to other people and giving of ourselves, and, and not only does it help the person we're giving to, but it helps ourselves as well. And how does money play a role in nurturing relationships? I mean, some people, uh, you know, buy things for people and don't really spend much time or effort with them. And they kind of think that's enough. Or, or, you know, tell me about the interplay of money and having good relationships. Well, I don't know that there really is a need for money connecting that with relationships. And what I mean by that is that uh, one of the one of the ideas that we talk about in Avalanche is simply that the main character made a lot of money and the main character felt that by providing his family with the big house, the big vacation and all of these material things that that would make the family happy, but ultimately what the family said was, "Look, we'd rather trade all of these things for more of your time, more of your attention and more of your love." And so that is one of the the insights that we weave into the story of Avalanche, and so so money by itself isn't going to make those relationships better. It's what we bring to those relationships. It's what we share with folks. It's the love that we have there that is going to be one of the main factors there in the true wealth. All right, your your sixth uh, part of your blueprint is to value your health. We've talked about wealth so far. 
Um, I think I, I saw a recent statistic that something like 10% of Americans are considered active <laughs> physically in some way, and a tenth of those are, are very active, something like that. And most people do hardly any exercise whatsoever, just overeat and so on. Why is it that people are not taking care of their health? Well, it's, I don't think that people are inherently lazy. I think that people just don't feel like they have a good enough reason to make an effort and that life is so busy, life is so complicated, life is so competitive, and we have so many pressures on each of us that if something's going to slip during the day, what we're going to let slip is going to the gym or making a nice meal, and we'll just stop at the fast food place and, and pick up something that's easy and convenient. So, but what I what I think is, and what I think helps people really focus on their health is, we all know we need to be healthy, and people understand that. But very few people will follow through and actively integrate that into the course of their day. And so, what we try and do through the blueprinting process is. When people focus on their values and if they say, yeah, my health is important to me, okay, that's fine. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, most people won't do anything unless they have a really good reason. And so we want people to think about, well, what's that good reason that I need that is motivating enough for me to make the effort to get into good shape? And one example could be I'm a, I'm a father, I have three kids, and I want to make sure that I survive long enough that I can walk my three daughters down the aisle when they get married. And if I were a smoker, which I'm not, but let's say I was a smoker, and that to me could be a very good reason for me to give up smoking because I know that smoking can cause me to die prematurely, and I know that it's more important for me to walk my daughters down the aisle than it is for me to smoke a pack or two a day. So that could be a good way for me to tie having good health into something that's very meaningful to me. Elsewhere in the book, you do have some specific things that people should do as far as exercise and kind of creating a regimen. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and it's really not that difficult when you think about it. And sometimes people think, well, gosh, if I work out for 30 minutes a day, or uh, that it's really what am I going to give up for those 30 minutes? Well, what you're going to find is that if you're in good shape, if you're in good aerobic shape and you're, you eat well, you're going to have a lot more energy. And when you've got a lot more energy, you've got capacity. And when you've got capacity, you've got the ability to get things done. You're going to be moving around faster. You may even require less sleep because when you're in good physical health, there's a good chance that you may be able to cut 30 minutes or 45 minutes out of your sleep pattern and not lose anything because you're actually going to get a deeper night's sleep. You're going to get to that REM sleep quicker and stay there and really get a restful sleep in a shorter amount of time. So health obviously has so many benefits to you. So I would just say that we need to do aerobic exercise, whether you go out and do a brisk walk every day, whether you do some running or get on a treadmill or ride your bike. Those are obviously all great things. But the other thing that people need to do, two other things, and we call this our three-legged stool in terms of health in the book, and that is aerobics is one leg of the stool. The second leg is doing some type of weightlifting that we need to exercise our muscles. We need to force our muscles out of their comfort zone so that we can get some strength, and that's another key component. And then the third leg of the stool is simply the food that we eat, that we need to have a healthy diet. Of course, we know we need the veggies, we need the, the fruits, we need the whole grains, we need uh, the fish and those sorts of things. So health is really not that hard when you really think about it. If people can just make a few changes to their daily habits and make some better food choices, then the health is going to follow, people will feel better, they'll look better, they'll have more energy, they'll get more done, they may even get by with a little less sleep, and they'll wake up in the morning feeling much more refreshed and ready to go and have a great day. And save you a lot of money on health care expenses when you get older as well. That's correct. Very good. All right, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour uh, is Steve Sandusky, uh, whose new book is called Avalanche, The Nine Principles of Uncovering True Wealth. Uh, his website, if you want to follow up on this, is truewealthcommunity.com, and we'll be back after this.
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. No matter what your business is, your company's employees are your most valuable assets. Corporate mentoring cultivates and strengthens your employees' skills and talents so that everyone benefits. Tune in every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern to Mentoring Matters. Mentoring in today's business world with hosts Rainy Petrin and Dave Carson and discover what a mentoring program can do for you and your company. Link up with Chris Curtis on WebWise Business and discover the millionaire in you. If it's the web you want, it's the web we've got. And it's the Chic Geek bringing it to you live. Tune in to WebWise Business every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Radio Network. Get your click on. Get your click on. With the Chic Geek. Bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. And my guest this hour is Steve Sandusky. Uh, who is the author of a new book called Avalanche, The Nine Principles for Uncovering True Wealth. He's also a certified financial planner, and he helps train other financial advisors. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thank you, Jordan. Happy to be here. We've been going through the nine principles, and uh, the last one we just did was value your health. The next one is to wisely use your financial resources. Uh, Why do people not do that, and, and how can they do that better? Well, as you know, we... In, a lot of people have a problem with using their financial resources, and they don't really think about how they can best use what they have. For example, people will have credit card debt, and we know that there are a lot of people out there that have problems with credit cards, and they can't pay them off, and they pay high interest rates, or people just overextend themselves. And so we know that's a real problem. And so one of our principles for true wealth is that we've got to be a good steward with the financial resources that we have. We've got to make good decisions about how we use our money, how we invest our money, how we spend our money, and we have to understand that we need to do some planning and that while we may have a credit card, that doesn't mean that we should run up a big tab every month, that we need to know that, hey, we've got the financial resources to pay for these things and we're not going to overextend ourselves. And so we have to... Uh, also understand, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, that when we are focused on the right things, when we are focused on these true wealth principles, that the money is eventually going to flow if we're really in lo- aligned with doing the right things. And so, um, and then a, a, another point in all of that is simply that while it's nice to spend money on ourselves and do certain things for ourselves and our family, we also encourage people to think about what can I do with the money that I have to help other people, whether it's your your uh, religious organization, your community, your society, an educational institution that you like. Uh, we also really encourage people to give back with some of the, the blessings that they've received through their financial success. Do you think budgeting is a good way to uh, use your financial resources, or is that difficult for most people? Well, I think it's difficult for most people because it does take some time, and my wife kids me. Because years ago, I used to ask her before we had our kids, I said, I want to track every penny that we spend. And we literally had a piece of paper, and we had to write down every time we spent something, and that just drove her nuts. And I actually have a, a, a bachelor's degree in finance and an MBA in finance as well, so that sort of stuff comes naturally to me. 
And we did that for a short period of time because I really wanted to get a handle on where was our money going. And what I actually do now is I have a spreadsheet, and I've been tracking this literally every month for probably the past, oh, close to 20 years, where I put a forecast together, and now I don't track the money. I, I don't track it in terms of, well, I spent this amount on this. I've got categories, and I know approximately each month how much money is spent in each of these categories. And then at the end of each month, I just put in what our, uh, uh, you know, our cash situation is so I know how much we're spending each month. And then I forecast that for the next year or two just to see where I think we're going to end up. And so that helps me from a planning standpoint to figure out what can I afford and what can I not afford in terms of purchases that we're thinking about making. So, yes, I'd say if people can do some budgeting, absolutely do some budgeting because that will help you be a, a good steward of your financial resources. But don't be too tough on yourself and don't do it to the penny is what you're saying. Exactly, yeah, because that will just drive you nuts like it drove my wife nuts. But uh, not to the penny, but you need to do some planning and just know in uh, in broad buckets, so to speak, where that money's going so that you don't overextend yourself. Okay, and your eighth uh, principle for uh, uncovering true wealth is to find ways to be compassionate with the world. Um, so so tell, talk about that a little bit. Right, and as I've ta- talked about a little bit earlier about the importance of just giving back. And while money allows us to do a lot of things, we can do a lot of nice things for ourselves, which is which is terrific, but also where we're going to find a lot of our true wealth is how can we help other people with the money that we have. And so that's why that is one of our principles, that we want you to be compassionate because we know there's a lot of suffering in this world. And we all, all we have to do is turn on the news or, or click on a news uh, site on the Internet and we can see all the unfortunate things that are, that are going on out there. And if we are financially blessed, then I think it's incumbent upon us to do what we can to, to help, whether it's in our local community or whether it's um, farther away than that, I think we need to do something. And one of the things that, that I wrote in the book that, that I really like, it's just uh, a part of the prayer of St. Francis, where uh, he wrote, uh, where you see despair, bring hope, where you see darkness, bring light, where you see sadness, bring joy. And I think that really sums up what we're talking about when we when we encourage <coughs> when, <coughs> excuse me when we encourage people to be compassionate with the world and you're saying also when you do give like that it, it does come back to you in other ways maybe not financial but it, it does come back to you it's it's not only giving you get something back is right exactly and it's just funny how the universe works that way and it's really that law of reciprocity that the more you can help other people the more they're going to help you but I don't want people to go into that thinking, well, okay, well, I'm going to help this person do this, this, and this, and then I know they're going to do this other thing for me. Well, that's really the wrong attitude. You really need to bring an attitude of, of gratitude, to, to use a cliche there, to what you do. And if you do it lovingly, if you do it willingly, if you bring joy to it, that you sincerely want to help other people, then it's going to come back to you because they're going to receive it that way. They know that it's that you're helping them with no strings attached, and then that's when people want to bend over backwards to really help you out. And another thing that I like to do is do random acts of kindness for people. And it just it's, it gives you a good feeling. It helps other people. And I'll give you a quick example here. Is I went to um, a drive-through restaurant not long ago, and they asked me if I wanted to contribute an extra dollar that would go to this charitable organization. And in return, they'd give me a $1 coupon for the next time I went back to this restaurant. So I said, sure, I'll do that. So then I get up to the window, and I asked the lady, I said, well, how many people do not pay an extra dollar to give to the charity? And she said, oh, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, here's what I'd like you to do. Here's a 20, and I want you to give, you know, for the next 20 people that come through here that don't want to give the dollar, tell them that an anonymous person has already given a dollar in their benefit. And mm-hmm. she was just flabbergasted by that. And my intent with doing that was simply that I want to inspire people to think, gosh, if someone I don't even know is doing this for me, maybe I should go out and help some other people too because that was just a random act of kindness. So doing little things like that might uh, you know, light a spark in someone and get them to go out and do something that they wouldn't have done otherwise. It's a kind of pay-it-forward syndrome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. And your last uh, uh, principle is to be open to wise counselors. 
a lot of people are very cautious about uh, telling financial planners and others about their their finances. But uh, how should people deal better deal better with their counselors? Well, one of the best ways to do it is to get a referral. So whether you're talking about a financial advisor or a personal trainer or a CPA or an attorney or a doctor is to try and get a referral from a trusted source. So that, I think, would be the number one way to find a wise counselor. And then once you do find that person, open up to them and <coughs> seek advice. But what I always tell people is that you always, whenever you're getting advice from someone, that you always need to run it through your own filter as well. Because I think all of us have a, a deep understanding of, of what's, what's good, if we're getting good advice or we're getting bad advice. And you just need to run it through that internal filter, and ultimately you have to make the decision. But I definitely think that we need to talk to other people because each of us individually don't have a monopoly on on all the answers. And by talking to other people, by sharing, by getting advice, then we can make our decisions as to how we should best move forward, whether it's with our financial situation or our health situation or other areas of our lives. We have a short time left, uh, Stephen, but uh, just tell people briefly, uh, the whole book is done as a parable. Uh, the nine principles we've gone through are kind of towards the end, but just kind of give them an idea of how the whole story uh, unfolds. Yes, the story is essentially about a gentleman by the name of Andrew Craver, who's, who's married, has a couple of kids, and he spends many years of his career focused on making money and to the exclusion of other important things in his life, such as his family. And then some things happen sort of in midlife, and he realizes that he needs to get on to a different path. And so the story really takes off as we talk about the, the travails of Andrew, so to speak, and how he goes about trying to make decisions in his life, the people along the way that come to help him. By the name of the title Avalanche, uh, we have some mountain climbing that takes place and some twists and turns, and our goal is that we want people to be inspired by the story so that they can go out and they can make positive changes in their lives and live a life filled with true wealth, with meaning, with passion, and with purpose. Well, thanks so much, Steve. It's been fascinating. Uh, this again has been Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour has been Steve Sandusky, uh, the author of a new book called Avalanche, The Nine Principles for Uncovering True Wealth. Again, his website is truewealthcommunity.com. Thanks again for being on the show, Steve. Thank you, Jordan. And we'll be